Fellas, do you like road tripping? Love it. I, I like love tripping. Mm, without the road. Oh, I mean, you tripping trip on, on the road. road. Yeah. yeah, there you go. <laughs> like Jack Kerouac. Since we're doing The Hills Have Eyes and this movie starts off with a family road trip to California gone wrong. Mm-hmm. Have y'all ever been on a road trip that just went completely south? <laughs> went to San Antonio one time. Is that kind of south? I'm foul. But I'm right. out the fucking gate. Let me check the map. That lines up. <laughs> you had to check the map for that, ladies and gentlemen. Well, you know, sometimes geography can be strange. You never know. Uh, nothing to compare to being attacked by cannibal uh, mutants, but no, nothing like this. I've had your usual snafus, pop tires, terrible weather, bad music, but uh, but nothing, nothing bad to relate. Music. Oh yeah, you give someone the ox cord and it's just shit, and you're like, oh, give it back. You're terrible. I was going to say maybe it was your parents playing like Barry Manilow or something for seven hours. Uh, also that, yes. <laughs> uh, when I was a kid, for sure. Our musical taste did not align in the least. I lived in Corpus Christi and had to go to Lubbock. And that's about an 11 and a half hour drive. And my grandma lives up there. So we went back and forth several times. And this is with the days before the cell phone. Uh, didn't have Game Boy. Didn't have Tiger Electronics. I just had a cheap ass Walmart cassette player and would just listen to that thing with my five recorded tapes over and over for hours upon hours. And I just wanted to gouge my eyes out so I would have no eyes when I got (laughs) to the hills. But my worst trip uh, is definitely when we road tripped Colorado from Corpus Christi. That was a long ass drive. And when we got there, the car broke down and I had to sleep in a tent for three weeks while the local mechanic of a tiny Colorado town fixed our car. Ooh, that sounds like the setup for a Hills Have Eyes <laughs> I movie. Know, it was that close. The only saving grace is they had a game room that had a pool table. There was a strip club that didn't card. <laughs> I was way too young for that. There was a pool table, a Mortal Kombat machine, and a free jute box that I could play the Beverly Hills theme. I'm sorry, the Beverly Hills cop theme. I always love like, the Beverly the time. Hills theme. <laughs> yeah, that was a rough time. But I read the entire Lord of the Rings trilogy in three weeks. Nice. Yeah. I'm sure the people at that bar was really happy that you were playing the Beverly Hills cop theme over and over <laughs> and over again. I was the only kid at this KOA. There was no one else in there but me and my little brother. What's a KOA? Uh, Campgrounds of America. Okay. Yeah. If you got a tent, you can stay there for 15 bucks a night. Wait, they're going to charge you to sleep in a tent? Isn't that kind of like you can sleep anywhere with a tent? You got to have the ground space, man. And like they do have like toiletries, uh, showers and things like that. So it's not completely roughing it. Mortal Kombat machine. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Evidently. (laughs) Oh, and one of them NES plays. Remember the uh, arcade units that had all the Nintendo games on it? No. Nope. You don't remember that? You could literally select the Nintendo game. I saw it in the wizard, but that's it. I never saw one in the wild. Oh yeah. They were cool. It's like a cryptid to me. (laughs) It exists, but I've never seen it. Anyway, what about you, Garrett? I don't have any shitty uh, travel stories. I mean, I'm sure I've had like some like rough experiences, but I think the only thing that was like mildly annoying is when I got my first car, I had to like go pick it up from Memphis and drive it back to Texas. You know, I don't have any bad travel. Okay. Well, in planes, I've had terrible like turbulence where I thought our plane was going to crash. And that lady basically got told to shut, get shut the fuck up. What happened? Oh, we were in a plane, really bad turbulence. It was honestly the point where I was like, we might actually die here straight up. It was that bad. Uh, Flying into South Carolina, and um, this lady started praying really loud on the plane. <laughs> One of the guys turned around and was like, ma'am, could you please shut the fuck up? <laughs> <laughs> he was polite about it. He was very nice about it, but he was like, I can't deal with this right now, more or less. That was it. I mean, honestly, I don't have bad travel experiences. I make the best of it. Well, count yourself lucky. Mm, yeah. Because we're about to see a family that probably got the worst of it. Yeah, I will say it's kind of their own it's fault. It's a story that we have to tell their whole lives. So what some price, of, can, some what of them you put on memories. <laughs> Half the family, maybe. <laughs> 
Hey, all you creatures from cyberspace. Thanks for joining us on another episode of the Grave Talk Podcast. My name is Mark. Again, joined with Garrett and John. Fellas, we're back with another one. How are y'all doing? And what have you been up to? Uh, mediocre and nothing. Oh, <laughs> mediocre. Are you okay, man? Uh, you know, life's just life and really hard, but uh, uh, I have not had a lot of time to watch shit. So. I get that. I had a weird, massive, massive depression like two wow. weeks ago, and it's been like kicking my ass. That sucks, man. Mental health is important, people. Take some time. Talk to somebody. You know what? If you know someone who's feeling down, reach out. Agreed. Say, hey, just make sure your people are taken care of. Yeah. But that or they're going to eat eaten by cannibals. Yeah, thankfully, yeah, it's true. This movie helped put my week in perspective. I was I, I was not eaten alive. I did not get set on fire. So, you know, yet. things are, yet. <laughs> well, that's true. Uh, it usually could be worse. Yes, right? exactly. Uh, but yeah, uh, not not a whole lot to report on this end. Mark, what have you been up to? I'm trying to remember. It's not that exciting, huh? <laughs> you know what I did watch? I watched non-horror related things. I watched that Hot Cheetos movie. Oh, on good? Hulu, yeah. it was good. But was it on Hulu? It's on Disney Plus, also. Is it? Apparently, it's all fake, which is depressing. Aww. Yeah, he didn't invent the hot Cheeto at all. Apparently, according to the company, but are you, you going to trust? So, like that Stanley documentary on Disney Plus, where he's like, "I created Spider Man." It's like, fuck you. Probably something like that. I mean, the guy was actually he did move up the ranks in the company, but they said they have no proof that he actually invented the <laughs> hot Cheeto. So, uh, yeah. Other than that, while well, Joe Bob's back, I enjoyed Amsterdam, a Dutch film. Probably the best boat chase I've ever seen. If you don't want to watch the whole thing, just go find that boat chase scene and then play the ending theme song because that thing fucking rocks. The knife in the raft was nice too. Oh yeah, that part was cool too. (laughs) Some good scenes. What about you, Garrett? I did actually watch um, some Hellraiser movies. I started with the one again. Pretty slow movie. I think we need to all acknowledge that Hellraiser 1 is amazing, but a very slow film. Uh, Ended up switching right to 4. Burning through four through seven. Again, Why would you pick those? Because I hadn't seen them. I was like, ah, you know what? Let's just watch something I haven't watched a million times. It's still not great. Mm. I, I I really do appreciate the the 2021 remake or redo, whatever they did on, um, on Hulu. Yeah. That one's good. That mm-hmm. one honestly just gets better and better when you start watching the later part of the franchise. So other than that, I just watched a couple non-horror movies also. Finally saw Eternal Sunshine. That was mm. a good flick. Um, what else did I watch? Oh, it's that R. Crumb documentary again. I've heard things about that. It's uh, it was an interesting guy. Yeah. It's putting it nicely. That's the Fritz the Cat's guy, right? Yeah, but uh, no, great, great artist, great artistic mind, fucking weirdo. But anyway, other than that, just same old, same old, man. You reminded me that while you're trying to catch up on some of the Hellraiser blind spots, I am doing the same with the Purge. I finally watched Election Year. That one sucked. I saw one with a dude with a skateboard on the front of the cover. There's a Purge and a skateboard? It's called Purge Infinity or something like that, or Purge Forever. I think that's the one that's coming up. Oh, it's a new one. Oh, I saw it on like the iTunes. Oh, maybe it's Did already been released. iTunes like an old man. It's on the iTunes. <laughs> Kids, turn off the Nintendo and come to dinner. Um, it should have been called Purge or Die or Skater Purge. I don't know if it, it revolved around skateboarding, but the character on the front was like a cool dude with a skateboard. And I was like, what? What a terrible getaway vehicle. How many more of these can we make? They're as literally the same. They will pay yeah. For I'm, I think Election Year Purge was the last one I watched, and I was like, I'm done. Look, they're on Purge. Fast X1, okay? Good point. They can go as far as they need to. The Purge in Texas was pretty good, though. I'm going to give it that. That's the okay. best one I've seen so far. That was the one that came out recently. Yeah, like I can remember the the poster, but I didn't I watch like it. Like a cowboy guy yeah. on, a, on a horse or something. Anyway, that I like one's how he painted good. his horse with a skull on the head. Yeah. 
That was nice. cool. Okay. Well, a little bit of news for you. A uh, friend of the podcast, Emma Murray's got a chat book coming out and it's available for pre-order now. It's got illustrations by Caitlin Marceau. If you're a fan of Necromantic, Raw or Angst, Exquisite Hunger by Emma will probably be right in your wheelhouse. Um, happy for her you to get that wheelhouse. out. Millhouse. Millhouse? <laughs> you said wheelhouse. Or wheelhouse. <laughs> wheelhouse is what you meant to say, but I like, I like wheelhouse. It's in your wheelhouse. Come on over. You can pick up a paperback at medusahouse.com. That's H-A-U-S, medusahouse.com. And that'll be coming out July 18th. You can find more information about everything Emma's up to at her website, emmaemurray.com. Hear that, listeners? We take payola. Give us the money. We will advertise your shit. Actually, I'm pretty sure the story is going to be awesome because Necromantic was a very interesting, fun movie. Yeah. You already pre-ordered it, didn't you? I did. I did. Yeah, and she so you're welcome, Emma. And she didn't pay us to do this. We're happy to promote any creativity. Let's any creativity, I love it. Any, if any. it's good or bad, doesn't matter. <laughs> Great. Be creative, everyone. Except for you, Jackson Pollock. We know what you're up to. Actually, he's dead, but you know. Oh yeah. Read the description here. It says an unnamed narrator encounters her perfectly beautiful neighbor Carly. She gives into her worst impulses, culminating in an unforgettable conclusion. A sapphic culinary masterpiece with a cannibalistic twist. Now I got to go look up what sapphic means. Yeah, word of the day. (laughs) (laughs) Anyways, congrats on the release, Emma. Uh, Everybody go check that out. Let's get into today's episode, unless you guys got any more news or anything else to bring up. I'm ready to talk about hills and eyes. What about feet and oceans? Maybe, but really hills and eyes are what I was prepared for. That's your body part and the part of land masses that you enjoy the most. You nailed it. Exactly. (laughs) Okay. I like a vertebrae plateau. Okay. Oh, Oh. you know what? Yes. (laughs) You could walk along that spine. If you will. (laughs) (laughs) Hills have eyes from 2006 is based on a Wes Craven film of the same name from 1977. Was Wes Craven the one who did the original? Yeah. That's uh, when he was barely known at the time. Oh, a young man. Yeah, before his Elm Street era. He'll look a child to you or I. Currently on Rotten Tomatoes, this one is sitting at a 52% out of 141 reviews with critics and a 58% with the audience, and that's over 250,000 reviews. That that is like perfect. 58% is about how much of this movie I thought was good. (laughs) So that's tremendous. Great work, audience. This one was shot on a budget of 15 million and made 70 million in the box office. Wow. This one stars... Michael Bailey Smith as Pluto, Tom Bauer as the gas station attendant, Ted Levine as Big Bob, Kathleen Quinlan as Ethel. This will be our second Kathleen Quinlan movie. She was also in um, Event Horizon. Dan Bird as Bobby, Emile DeRaven as Brenda. I recognize her from Lost. Oh, is that where she was from? Yeah. Okay. Aaron Stanford as Doug, Vanessa Shaw as Lynn, Maisie Camarilla Priozzi as Baby Catherine. Robert Joy as Lizard, Laura Ortiz as Ruby, Ezra Buzzington as Goggle, Billy Drago as Papa Jupiter, Greg Nicotero as Sist. That was kind of neat seeing him have an actual acting role. He's the guy that does all the effects. Mm, you know. Okay. He's the guy behind The Walking Dead and all that stuff. Oh. Yeah, he did a bunch of movies. Ivana Chucharetto as Big Mama and Desmond Askew as Big Brain. He did have a big brain. Mm-hmm. Check out the big brain on Desmond. <laughs> Here's what the back of the DVD has to say about The Hills Have Eyes. The most shocking horror film in a long time, says the WCBS TV slash people. A cross-country road trip takes a deadly twist in this chilling remake of Wes Craven's classic horror masterpiece from the 70s. Driving through New Mexico en route to California, the Carter family becomes stranded in a desolate government atomic zone. 
But as day turns into nightmare, the travelers soon realize that they've got more than car trouble. They've got company. A freakish clan of bloodthirsty mutants inhabit the desert landscape, and they've just found their next meal. Packed with gut-wrenching gore, shocking makeup effects, and heart-stopping terror, The Hills Have Eyes will keep you on the edge of your seat and your sanity. Ooh. Uh, didn't mention this Has one. Has never gone insane watching a movie? Hmm. The like dude, that, uh, like the dude from Clockwork Orange. Yeah, that's true. Mm. That's probably the only <laughs> proof I've seen of that. So this one was directed by Alexander Aha. We've done him before on this podcast. Uh, he did High Tension that we did, the French film, oh. the Home Invasion movie. Mm-hmm. Okay. He also did Crawl, that alligator movie. We oh, saw in the that theater. one was good. I like that one. I never saw that one. Oh, I haven't That's seen one it. That's the floods, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Since it was in the theater, but I remember liking it, so. The surrounding story was kind of dumb, like the family members. Oh, yeah. Remember? Yeah. Um, but the, the gator stuff Wait, is cool. Oh, I thought you were talking about Hills Have Eyes. I was like. <laughs> no, crawl. Like the plot to get them all trapped in like the hurricane flood zone was dumb. Oh, uh, okay, yeah. okay. Uh, anyway, so fellas, on this one, what do we think of The Hills Have Eyes 2006? Go this, first. Go this, ahead. Oh, oh, thank you. Yes. Thank you for your permission. Jimmy. No, I. that's no, what I, I do no, here. Honestly, Traffic cop. It means a lot. It means a lot. I, okay, man. I got to be honest. Not my favorite. I, it was enjoyable. I liked parts of it. I think there is a, a backstory premise here that could become incredibly creepy and really fun. I thought this movie was mostly surface level, which is okay, but... Uh, I just didn't give a shit about any... I'll, I'll be honest. I didn't give a shit about anybody. All this stuff, bad stuff kept happening to characters, and I'm just like, well, that's a real fucking bummer for you. You know, like, I was so disconnected from the plot, mm-hmm. and I just didn't care. I thought it was a really competently made movie, except for the opening credit sequence, which I hate more than anything. That CG fish was really CG. <laughs> I did... I, I loved the visuals. I loved the slow country song you know, kind of playing over the the bomb footage and even the uh, flashes of the uh, mutations and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. thought that was super creepy. But they had that ear piercing every time they'd show a picture of a mutant and then they started doubling mm-hmm. down and it was like, you have got to stop this. This movie is rotten with overbearing, loud, obnoxious noises for no reasons other than just to make you uncomfortable. I, I really disliked that. That was very 2006, though. That's like yes, a product it, well, of its it time. Was such a product of its time. But I enjoyed this movie. I mean, again, it was pretty decent. Um, I just had some issues with it. I would say that I agree with you on that, Garrett. This is Alexander Aha's first foray into American uh, filmmaking. So I think, unfortunately, with that, him and his partner, Doug Gregory Lavasseur. Okay. I could be butchering that because it's a French name. Close enough, though. They might have picked up a lot of those tropes of the era. And my biggest complaint about this movie now is that it feels so dated and squarely in the mid-2000s mm-hmm. type of horror movie. I, the, the plot and stuff, I don't feel that way about. the Some of the tropes of the filmmaking, yes. Yeah. But I wonder how much of that was studio notes. I wonder how much of that was like, hey, we're going to give you a thing, but you got to listen to some of our studio execs. Totally unrelated. Uh, it was only $5 on Voodoo. Yeah, fuck you guys. <laughs> <laughs> I paid $14 for this on iTunes Yo, because I was like, I, I bought the unrated cut. Yeah, me too. Which was also the same exact price as the regular cut. <laughs> and there was only one more minute of extra footage. I was like, what the fuck am I buying? Um, yeah, it was $14 on iTunes. It was evidently $5 on Voodoo. It was less than that on Movies Anywhere. Mark, what, three bucks or something like that? Well, no, if you bought it for five bucks on Voodoo, it, it would up automatically go into your iTunes library. I know, and and sometimes I'll do that, but I hate the fact that I have to do like 
hours of research mm-hmm. to find out if I'm going to overpay for a crappy movie. I don't say crappy. If I'm going to overpay for a movie just because I didn't check the five other services that might possibly stream. Hey, what if I told you there was one place, a one-stop shop, justwatch.com. You just go there, you put in your movie, it will tell you where it's streaming, and if not, where you could buy just it. Justwatch.com. And the price uh, on every place. Okay. Well, I'll tell you what I wish I had done. I wish I had gone to uh, <laughs> Does the Dog Die oh, com for this movie because, my God, you guys, so much animal death. This is a Fox Searchlight Pictures. Okay, oh. then that definitely was. This was post um, uh, 28 Days Later. Oh, definitely. Yeah. yeah. So, yeah, okay. There was definitely some studio involvement, I'm sure. Anyway, I thought this movie was actually pretty decent. I enjoyed what I saw, but there were some some filmmaking choices that I really disliked. And I think you're right. I think it was a product of the time, not of the art, artist involved. The the shaky zoom in camera effects were really noticeable and kind of took me out of it. Just a lot of that kind of stylistic choices. Oh, you mean when we go into cannibal cam? Yeah. Which I'm already not a big monster cam fan, but then it like triples the speed and you run into a hole that's unnaturally sped up. And I'm like, why? Yeah. And then it would just cut to another part of the movie. I couldn't tell if I was a cannibal or if I was something else at that point like I was a like, scorpion what am i, what am I? yeah <laughs> <laughs> I, yeah i haven't i feel like we haven't had this complaint or i haven't had this complaint in a while this movie was too fucking long they could have cut like 20 minutes and been just as good probably yes. better this movie was an hour and 47 minutes or something uh, like that which and really isn't that long but it just drags the, for places the problem is that there is what john i think we timed it like 40 minutes before yeah. anything really happens it's so slow not and like, counting the opening kill right and to garrett's point since the characters really aren't all that interesting to hang out with like i wasn't like it's like oh jesus we gotta watch them eat dinner like can we, can we fast forward mm-hmm. past this i don't care about any of this i thought there's gonna be some dark secret to the family i thought there was gonna be some like weird like kind of like doug banging out the younger sister i thought that too they set well, that okay. up there was that one moment in the movie where he stared a little too long yeah. at the younger sister sunbathing you're like mm. but, but then it had nothing to do with anything nobody mentions it like they create all this family tension of like the dad really hates doug and, and his wife is like no no he actually really likes you he doesn't ever admit it and then later on he's like i fucking hate you and it's just like cool why are you here bro like i mean i get it's a family thing but there was a lot of threads that just led to nowhere with this family, which really made me not engage with them beyond these are my these are my antagonists. Well, to be protagonists, protagonists. Pro. Yeah, pro. Yeah. To be fair, I don't think a lot of that structure is is not that different from the 1977 film. It's the exact same family um, mm-hmm. dynamic. You know, three kids, mom and dad, and a stepson. Which so, are they all kind of like just like blah with each other? Yeah, I mean, I think. I, I'm going to be honest with you. I think I might prefer this over the original because the original is just a little too slow for me. Well, here at the Grave Talk podcast, we will not shame anybody for liking the remake more than the original since I will live or die on the hill that says the remake of Chainsaw Massacre was better than the original. Amen. Preach it. Wholly disagree with you both, but that's okay. <laughs> a lot of horror fans will, and that's okay. <laughs> Some of the changes that were made, however, is that Wes Craven's original movie did not have the atomic element or the mutations at all. They were really? just, yeah, they were just a bunch of cannibals in the desert. And he based his movie off of some 16th, 17th century family in Scotland, the Bean Clan. I'm sure Sean Bean happens to be a relative. <laughs> they ate thousands of people. Holy shit. <laughs> until they were captured and brutally tortured and killed themselves. I think they big time fucked up moving this into the desert. I would have loved to see some Scottish cannibals <laughs> out there. <laughs> 
It would be a prequel, right? Yes. We'd do that number. What, what, how would you say the hills have eyes in Scottish? Out of Scottish folks, get at us. The water. Moors have uh, something. The, the Moors peepers. have molars. Yeah. There you go. Um, I like the atomic element of it. I, th- I do too. Yeah, me too. I think it makes them a little bit more like kind of scary in the fact that it's, it's way more unknown. Uh, you know, okay, you know what's weird? I felt more for the uh, family, the mutated family, than I did the actual like regular people. Wow, really? Yes, because as you start to see that they were they, they were trying to be pushed out of their land, they mm-hmm. did testing anyway. They were mutated. They all had to deal with like horrific like you know side effects from this. Um, I was kind of like, well, goddamn, that kind that really sucks, you know? Like that really it's it's shitty for these people, and they're still yeah. just trying to make it. And there was a few that basically you could tell were just killing for fun, but for the most part, they were kind of doing whatever. They thought they needed to do, with the exception of a few things. <laughs> hey, I'm going to say, big old, just because you've been mutated by radioactive blast doesn't mean you have to be a cannibal. That's a no, choice. No, they I, decided. I agree. Agree. I'm not. I'm not saying that like they were they were right in any of their decision making, but I'm just saying like I, I had more of a connection to their backstory than I did the humans. The humans. Uh, but I don't know what to call them. The they're, family. They're also rapists. Yeah, that's no, again, I'm not excusing any behavior, <laughs> but um, yeah, why do we need to see that scene so blatantly graphic? Well, does it really surprise you this coming from the high tension guy? No. No. I mean, it seems right up his alley, right? Again, I know that they use this, this thing in uh, films and stuff. And on, to be fair, they did a little more tastefully than some other films do. But... Um, Tastefully, that's such a weird word to describe it, <laughs> but um, they mm. do it a lot less offensively than some other movies do. But I don't know, it, it lingered for so long. I was like, Good God, people! I didn't have a lot of issues with the family setup because the dynamic of hey, look at this quote unquote liberal Democrat trying to be part of this Republican no. family. Oh, that shoehorn you thing, know, into, that whole thing was that part of the original, too. They were at odds. I don't know if it was a clear, like, right or left kind of dichotomy that's in this movie. Uh, but they, I know the dad didn't approve of the Almost Super, certainly. Super Tramp is the greatest band ever. You shut your mouth. You're not part of this family. 76, you could probably just guess. It was like an Archie Bunker right. versus like a you know semi-hippie type thing. Him being like... Ooh, that would have been a good, actually put the nuclear aspect in it. It was like, I'm glad we went to war, blah, blah, blah. The dad's like all pro-war about shit. And the, the son's all like, we shouldn't have done that. That was horrific. Yeah. So... Anyway, missed opportunity there, Wes Craven. <laughs> you blew to it. call you back, what, 20 years? Yeah. Wait, how, wait, how many years has it been? 77, dude. 44. All right, I'm going to shut the fuck up. Now. Yeah. <laughs> I feel really old. So, yeah, it does kind of start off slow, but I think there's enough going on in the first half of the film. Like, we go to the gas station, right? It's one of those movies. We see that there's something going on with this gas station attendant. He's got trees full of alcohol bottles, so we know that he's a drinker, (laughs) you know. Um, I think the way that that slowly plays out, it was enough of a thread to get me going through the movie, at least so we get to the meat of it. I I was really hoping for more with that that guy, Um, especially when they reveal his whole... like motive for doing what he did, the gas station attendant. I mean, other than like his kill, like they didn't really pay off for anything. A lot of loose threads just go nowhere. I, I wanted more from this movie and, and it wouldn't have been hard to put that in there. Edit out some of less of the more boring stuff mm-hmm. and then um, put some more backstory. I don't know what else we'd need from that character though. I mean, he's clearly guilty in trying to get out of this deal that he's made with the mutants, yeah. you know, sending them prey and then he ends his life. Well, that's the thing though is he spills his guts and then bam. And that's and we'll get more to that in a minute. But like, you know, like I would have liked to have seen him struggle a little bit more with I mean, he has that part where he pulls in the the duffel bag and opens it up and it's like the other like families like belongings and stuff. And he's just like, damn it, you know. But again, we have no context for that. We have no idea he's made a deal at this point. Um, I'm not saying they had to like, you know, lay it all out at that that time. But 
it would have been nice to just seen him kind of struggle with the like maybe yell at the hills like you know like I don't want to do this anymore like why can't you just leave me alone like he did that yeah <laughs> he literally he screamed did that. all of that he's like I don't want to do this no more I'm out you understand me but that was at the time like that was the beginning of the movie like ten minutes in oh that's before the family shows up like, to the gas station that boy ain't right <laughs> and then when we get the reveal of the like the ravine full of cars like I yeah. love that stuff yeah for no, again, a second I did but then I had so many questions did I was you? like because I was one of the things there was a fucking school bus so I'm supposed to be led uh, this family killed and murdered a school bus yes. worth of kids and nobody's come to check this out in 2006 because this movie man. takes place in modern times so desert, no one knows everything was chopped up to map quest failure okay <laughs> back then if you got lost in the fucking desert like map quest claimed another <laughs> <laughs> we didn't have smartphones uh, yet you know what i mean map quest death toll 10,000 <laughs> <laughs> i like the fact that doug was a cell phone salesman yeah that was great oh yeah i was like that's a that's a throwback it's like man i don't think you could make it on cell phone selling money these days I feel like even in 2006, cell phone salesmen. No. Like, did you work in the mall? We still like, had the flip phones. Dude, there were cell phone stores everywhere. Yeah, yeah but I mean, yeah. So was, Tail end of it. Was he, re- was he just a mall attendant? Is that, but he's like talking it up. I'm a cell phone salesman. Maybe he was the guy that went from mall to mall being like, let me introduce you to the new X296. This phone wholesale seven calls. Yeah. It's got call waiting. <laughs> they didn't go deep enough into it. I assume like he had his own small cell phone service company okay. or something like that. He's got two megapixel he, camera. He goes Whoa. door to door with a briefcase of cell phones. <laughs> What's it going to take to get you on a cell phone today? Uh, ma'am, is the, uh, is the man of the house home? <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> you wouldn't understand this technology in my box. <laughs> yes, like you said, Garrett, I do really appreciate the uh, atomic mutant side of things. This was actually before Fallout came out or Fallout 3 came out and kind of brought a lot of that back way past the Mad Max era of shit, right? And all those knockoffs of the 80s. So this kind of fell into a time where I was like, oh, yeah, we haven't seen a lot of this style in a while in 2006. So when I saw this movie in the theaters, I was I walked away like stoked. I was oh, like, you saw it was this great. in the theaters? Yeah. I went because oh. uh, I was really intrigued by it. Again, with that mutant uh, atomic aspect, it's enough to get me in the chair. Shout outs to the uh, the effects artists who did the uh, the mutants. Really, yeah. really, really well done. I think they all had personality. I think they all had a, a unique look to each one. Gross, disturbing, also kind of very humanistic in their own right. You know, a lot of expression in um, how they were. I don't appreciate them going super light on the little girl, Ruby. I think they're definitely trying to like, like she's a good one. She doesn't look all messed all up. All her makeup was CG. Was it really? Yeah. <laughs> no. Yeah. I, guess, I watched I the 50 fair. minute making of, which was really, here's it, how we crashed a car. But one of the things was they talked about Ruby's makeup and yeah, they, it was all. Yeah. Cause she was going to put a kid in a, the makeup chair for like, she eight was 18. Hours. No. Still. Yeah. <laughs> was she really? Yeah. <laughs> Holy crap. I was, that looked really good. Yeah. I was for impressed. 2006 CG. Yeah. Okay. Well, hats off to that. Yeah, again, it was it was really well done. I really like the mutant aspect of it. The dad in the chair, Papa Jupiter or whatever. No, that was Big Brain. Yeah, was that's that Big, Big Brain? brain? Oh. The one that had breathing problems and tells yes. us the whole backstory. A.K.A. Rubber Johnny. <laughs> yes. I don't know if any of you guys remember the, the, Apex uh, the Chris Twins. Cunningham Apex Twin Rubber Johnny Project. And that actually came out before this movie. So you think I they stole like that? Alexander Aha is a um, French person, and I think Chris Cunningham is uh, French as well. I'm not positive, but yeah, he did a lot of stuff over in Europe. So I feel like there was maybe some overlap there, maybe some inspiration. Hmm. But um, yeah, 
I saw that and I was like, Apex Twins coming in any second now. Did I break you guys? I'm remembering the video of the chair spinning around and all the flashing no lights. Yeah. You should check out Robert Johnny. It's, it's fucking six weird. Minute, yeah, it's a six minute little like experimental short film with this dude. It, it's fucked up. I'll let you borrow it. Well, after the success of the Texas Chainsaw Massacre remake and the Amityville Horror remake, uh, Wes Craven was thrilled to have someone uh, take the reins of his The Hills Have Eyes movie. And uh, he, he was he saw high tension was like yeah let's get this guy in that's a match made in heaven i can't under i mean the the tension of like that movie plus like this storyline i mean it's ripe for like just again you know maybe i'm gonna take it back this was not a bad movie the tension was high Mm -hmm. yeah Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. see what you did there uh i i'm I'm kind of surprised that wes craven saw the amityville horror remake and was like please take my property i don't know if he saw that one okay i'm talking about he saw the dollar signs Uh, that it made uh that forgotten remake with ryan reynolds it was so bad ryan reynolds was in the amityville horror wow yeah it was not good though no not really Funny enough, Wes Craven would team up with his son to do The Hills Have Eyes Part 2, a sequel to this, and it bombed, I what I saw understand. that when I was looking this one up, and I was like, oh, shit, it was also $5. I was like, should I buy this one as Not well? Not on iTunes, it wasn't. And I was like, you know what? No. And I'm glad that I didn't. But now I feel like, oh, Wes Craven was directly involved, so maybe I should watch it. Yeah, I don't know. Uh, it- let me stop you right there. Oh. This is something that's been going on in horror for a little bit too long now. Just because we see classic people's names does not mean it's going to be good. Fair. Fair point. All right. I just want to remind everybody, just because, oh, so-and-so that worked on the original is back, understand that that's an old man. (laughs) All right? (laughs) They may not be hip to what's actually cool, what's popping on the streets. So, uh, as I say, popping on the streets to date myself and Mm -hmm. make myself seem like a dorky old man. Um, Anyway, just... It really bothers me. It's like from the mind of such and such, like killer goats was a great kill. Her goats was a great example. It's like Kane hotter. And I was like, Oh yeah, we got to remind ourselves just because people are involved. Doesn't mean it's going to instantly be good. The crimes of the future. Oh yeah. What was that? Cronenberg Cronenberg. Great ideas, but man, anyway, if you guys haven't seen it, I know we're totally tangenting. Fuck it. It's grave talk podcast. (laughs) Uh, infinity pool. I know I talked about it briefly. If you guys have not seen infinity pool, that was his kid. That was his kid. Mm. That movie is fucking rad. Anyway, back to The Hills Have Eyes. Back to your regularly scheduled program. (laughs) Well, Garrett, it kicks off, like you said, with a bunch of black and white footage of nuclear tests and our mutant family spliced in between with screaming. Like a Slim Whitman song or something like that playing in the background. Yeah, I think it's actually... It's not Slim Whitman, but I'm just saying it's that kind of style if you know who Slim Whitman is. I gotta stop saying things that make me sound like an old dude. I'm familiar with Slim Shady. Any any crossover (laughs) there? I would love for that crossover (laughs) to happen. The song is More and More by Webb Pierce. Webb Pierce. There yeah, we go. I enjoy this tune quite a bit. I don't do a lot of country, but that older style country, mm-hmm. I can get down with that. Then you're going to love Asteroid City soundtrack. Great. It is all that shit. At first, I was like, this can't be Willie Nelson. But No, it's be- not Willie Nelson. <laughs> Think older. Yeah. Uh, this sequence goes on a little long. I think they could have cut this part down mm-hmm. of all the black and white stuff by a minute. Yeah, I was like, this is still happening. But I was like, oh, okay, they really want to make sure I get the story, the background, because they maybe they won't reference it again in the future. Uh, but no. They didn't need to have heavy machinery screeching every time they changed the edit, though. Like, every time they cut to a different scene, they did or picture, they didn't have to give a... It was like, why? How would you know when to be scared? <laughs> I'm seeing atomic bombs and mutated people. I'm scared already. Show me how to feel, movie. <laughs> yeah. Make the sounds happen. Uh, we go to a river. We see a bunch of scientists in white suits with Geiger counters checking out the area. Yeah, like, hmm, this is irradiated. 
I'm mm-hmm. sensing radiation. Mm-hmm. Oh, it's beeping off the charts. <laughs> so one of the things that was very strange to me about this was like, if the tests had just happened in the last, let's, I'll be fair, 10 years, then maybe that would make sense to have scientists out there going, well, I, uh, what is all this radiation? This takes place in the era of cell phones. The atomic tests would have been in the 40s. Like, you know what I mean? Yeah. It just seems- is still irradiated, bro. But are they sending out teams of scientists with Geiger counters on the ground? Maybe, maybe Thomas lost his keys and they had to go find him. Oh, maybe that's a metal detector. <laughs> well. I, I thought this took place in the past, and that's why it was all dream I focused. This, I thought this took place. Oh, in you like, think so? Yeah, I thought this was like their first kill. Oh no, no, no! That the kill at the beginning it yeah. takes place in like right before they show up in the desert. That was my assumption. Why are those people there? That's what my well, point is. Why are they showing this? Look, they're radiologists. They have to do something with their spare time. They really need to nail home that this was an atomic test site. Okay. Yeah. So men in suits, you know, scientists in suits is really going to drive suits, that home. Yeah. yeah. But they uh, take, they get a pickaxe to the head. We also get a killer cam right out the mm-hmm. gate. Mm-hmm. We get cannibal. No, we actually get a radio radiologist. What are these people called? I don't know. I'm I don't know. Radiologists. Yeah. I don't know what the hell they're doing there. They're just there to check for radiation. We get, we get their goggle cam first because it's like green mm-hmm. goggle vision. And then we get cannibal cam. And then, yeah, pickaxe to the back of the head. There should have been a three eyed fish in the river. Yes. That would have been awesome. Little nod to the Simpsons. Oh, but you know what? Do they know about the Simpsons in France? Yes, <laughs> yes. The Simpsons sure. is global, bro. Le Bart, you know. <laughs> and then we cut immediately to the gas station where we meet. I thought it was Dick Miller at first, but it was not Dick Miller. Ooh, this movie would have been elevated with some dick. Always. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, we get his um, gas station scene, which you guys kind of touched on, so I'm not going to go through it too much. But uh, he's just kind of surviving. He's kind of doing his own thing. He hears a noise outside. He evidently screams at them, I'm done with this shit. I missed that. Yeah, it was very inside, dramatic. It was his best acting. He finds was... a bag on the front of his porch, and it's filled with like all the personal belongings, I guess, of the people that the cannibals have killed and yeah. body parts and shit. So it's kind of like his payment, right? He, he tricks these people to going down this dirt road, and once they're done with them, then he gets all the leftover bracelets and cell phones and wallets and all that stuff. Give me the loot. Give me the loot. I gotta tell you, I'm gonna tell you, pro tip. Here's just a pro tip, a life pro tip. Don't make deals with cannibals. Well, that. But also, (laughs) if you're maybe in the middle of fucking nowhere, don't go down a road that's not on a map that you don't know where it goes because some creepy guy at a gas station was like, let me tell you, let me tell you what you're gonna want to do. Make a left at the barn, gonna cut four hours off your journey. Bullshit. If that was if that was a true story, people would use that road. <laughs> Do you remember when I told you that MapQuest was the number one cause I of know. death in America in 2006? We were taking everybody's directions at the gas stations <laughs> from any, you know, hodunk podunk motherfucker. Y'all need to live a little. Look, I ended up lost no. on an Amish farm in Pennsylvania one time because I took a wrong turn because I wanted to go get... <laughs> Mm-hmm. I'll take back I roads. Go get steak at a Texas Roadhouse in Pennsylvania, and I took a wrong turn and ended up driving into a, like a, a farm area and been like, "Where am I?" And they're like, "This is an Amish community." And I was like, "Okay, I got to get out of here. You How do I murked. leave?" Yeah, did you I see? I'm murked by the Amish. Yeah. That paranormal activity mm-hmm. next to Ken. That's right. Mm-hmm. I didn't see that, but we did do a short on that. Yeah, yeah, a quickie, uh, if you will. Uh, if you will. I wouldn't do it. I wouldn't go off on a road that's not on a map. I've done back roads, but they've always been on a map. Even in 2006, I had an atlas. In fact, in 2009, I had an atlas. I bought one when I first moved to Austin. I was like, I better get a Texas atlas. That's the Mm -hmm. kind of thing you'll need. Put it right near my phone book. And you were one of 10 people to have one. (laughs) Yeah, I think I still do. It's in my trunk. 2009, Texas atlas. I'm sure it's up to date. So as fake Dick Miller is uh, looking to the bag and being like, damn it, body parts, not this again, uh, you hear a, a car pull up. 
or a truck or slash pulling a trailer. Van. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, you hear because the fucking dick just starts blowing on the horn. Beep. Like, where is this guy? Beep. I need gas. I know. Was like, it, did it say full service? I didn't see a sign that said that. It's yeah. I don't know. Wh- yeah. Why? It's, they, he's in New Mexico. There's no full service gas stations <laughs> in New Mexico. I think it'd be cool if the dad was played by Michael Gross. Yeah, I could see I that. I want to recast this whole movie. <laughs> I thought Tom Levine did good as the dad, though. He did fantastic. And I, every time I see him, I'm like, oh, I know him from something. He's just one of those like character actors that shows up and stuff. And I'm like, oh, that guy. He's always really good. He always, he always like, plays a cop, I feel. I could see that. I was like, oh, yeah, you're a cop actor. Detective. Sorry. That or the, the army general who's all like, damn it, we're not going to let this go unchecked. Let's see. He was in Silence of the Lambs, Shutter That's Island. That's what it is. He was the cop. Mm. He was the cop when uh, Hannibal Lecter escapes. Hmm. Oh, Shutter Island. I like that movie. It's also in Wild Wild West. Jim West? Desperado? No. The one with uh, Will Smith. That's, that's the, Jim West. That's, oh. It's the rap. <laughs> okay. You don't, know, you don't know the Wild Wild West rap off the top of your head? No. Mark? Anyway, he's been in a lot of stuff. Memoirs of a Geisha. Wow. Classy films. Mm. And then this one. <laughs> so the dude's blaring on his horn. He wants full service gas, which again, very presumptive. Just yeah. assume that someone's going to come pump your gas, you lazy ass. I guess maybe you don't want to start fucking with their pumps without their permission, too. You know, that's fair. That's just a gas pump. I've never been like... But it's a desert gas pump. Let's also consider that that one probably is not run on some sort of computer system where you can prepay oh, the pump. You know what I mean? So he's probably got to manually turn it on. Okay, that's Cougar fair. In. Mm-hmm. He's got to turn a handle like a winch to get the gas going. Anyway, so he's like, fill her up and check the fluids. And he's like, all right, I'll do it. So this is where we start to see the interaction between the family. And we get every family member. The mom is not pregnant, right? No. no. The, the oldest daughter is pregnant. She just had a baby. She just had a baby. Yeah, was yeah. pregnant, is not pregnant now. Okay, Currently, she, nobody's pregnant. she had a baby and had another one on the way. And I was like, duh, my dude, slow down. I didn't pick that up, yeah. Okay. Well, she looked like she was pregnant, so I thought maybe she had another baby. Anyway, so- That poor actress. You guys are focusing on the wrong part of this. We are. You're (laughs) the one talking about it. I just said she was pregnant. You guys like, no, she's not pregnant. She just had a baby three weeks ago. You should know this. Didn't you get the updates? Well, I think- The text message blast. He sells cell phones. It would dramatically change her story arc and what happened to her if she was pregnant. That's what I thought. I was like, oh my God, you just killed a pregnant lady. Also, this movie holds a gun- to a baby's head. I know the angle is yeah. to where it's far enough away, but it looks like he holds a gun, like the barrel to a baby's head. And I was like, what the fuck movie? Yeah, this movie gives no fucks. It does whatever. Exactly. But so the dad's a real like Republican asshole. He doesn't like his stepson or step husband. Maybe son-in-law. Son-in-law. There we go. That's the thing. <laughs> like I only recognize one son-in-law and that is the Polly Shore son-in-law. <laughs> the best son-in-law. The mom is like. It'd be quite a different film if he was in this role. Could you I, imagine? I this whole movie. <laughs> Lost in the desert. I don't have a good Polly Shore, but. <laughs> no, desert. <laughs> yeah. I like it. Doug doesn't want to be there because he's like, this vacation sucks. There's a, uh, a daughter named Brenda. And there's Doug. Yeah. yeah. And the son is named Bobby and the dad is Big Bob. Big Bob. Oh, boy. Wait, the son is named Bobby? Yep. Yeah. Oh, okay. so little Bobby, I have Big Bob. Because Bobby okay. and Brenda. Okay. Like B names. Yeah. Bob, 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 Bob. And the eldest daughter who's married to Doug is Lynn. 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 Oh, off yeah. left field on that one. Yeah. Let's just burn through this family shit. So basically they're driving um, after old, uh, after fake Dick Miller gives them directions like, oh, go this way. It'll cut some time off your trip. Well, hold on. Okay. Some more of that backstory you wanted for our gas attendant happens. Oh, boy. Here we go. So he's screaming at the top of his lungs. I'm not going to do this anymore. I'm not going to do this anymore. Well, our family has two dogs with them, Beauty and Beast. 
They get out of one of them gets out of the camper and runs inside of the gas station into the back room. Really poorly trained dogs. Yeah. And yeah, bad owners. Keep these fuckers on a leash. They're yeah. big dogs. Right. They they let them dogs run off way too much in this movie. Uh, Lynn wanders into the place to try to find the dog, goes in the back room. Well, what's on the table is the bag of possessions from the previous victims that the gas station attendant just got. He wanders in and goes, what are you doing here? And she's like, oh, I don't know. And like she glances down at the bag, but it doesn't really click. No, she you know what I mean? Yeah, she did not know what she saw. But, but what has now happened is that set them on the path to be the next victims. Right. The gas station attendant was going to let them go. And it would have been over. Now they know too much. Right, but he now thinks they know, they know too, too much. much. But oh. she really doesn't know. But he, I guess he's being cautious. And that's why he changed his mind, right? At first, he's like, yeah, just stay on this road. But then he's like, you know what? Actually, if you make a left at the barn, you can cut hours off of your journey. And they're like, yeah, man, love to cut hours off my journey. Big Bob's like, thanks a lot, buddy. And they peel off to their yes. doom. Oh, my favorite scene in the whole movie happens here, too. And uh, the gas station attendant's filling him up and oh, he's smoking. He's smoking <laughs> a cigar, yeah. <laughs> Big Bob's like, don't you know it's illegal to smoke around a gas container? It just laughs for like 30 seconds ago. Yeah. <laughs> well, some of the backstory is that Big Bob is a retired detective starting his own security firm. Wait, what? Yeah. yeah. When was that laid out? Here. <laughs> During this scene. <laughs> Again, I just tuned these people out. They were so boring to me. I get what you're saying where you didn't like any of the family members, but it did remind me of a period of time before we didn't feel so divided. Like I could look at Big Bob and his family and still kind of see like my fellow Americans, you know, we're just kind of on, at opposite oh, ends like of the things. left right discourse wasn't quite as divided yeah. and hard line. It just made me wistful for a simpler time. I, I, yeah, I, I hear what you're saying without going too much into it, because who wants to talk politics on a horror podcast other than us? Um, <laughs> <laughs> like, no, I mean, there, back then it was just like, oh, they believe something different, you know, like, OK. Okay, well, whatever. You know, we got different opinions on things, but now it's just so like hardline. Like, if you do this, you're fucking stupid, or if you do this, you're grooming children. It's like, dude, the extremes are just so. Right. You're right. It did seem very like kind of like. Well, at least they're getting along. Yeah, but the thing that this movie does is we've got Doug, who is our kind of left wing. He's not even left wing. He's just more of like a. He's just a Democrat. He's just a Democrat. More he just doesn't or less. like guns as much as. Big Bob likes so guns. They really lay into Doug like the first half of this movie. Yeah. They're just like, what a dummy. I don't want to hang out with Doug. I think little Bobby calls him a pussy at some point. We get to it in a bit, but Doug also asked the stupidest question in the whole movie. Right. So some of it What's is his, his own love? fault. No. No. Can, can we fix it? Like, are you fucking kidding me, Doug? So when I was watching this movie, I forgot it was done by a French man. I was like, is this some sort of agenda movie trying to <laughs> like make fun of the liberals or something? But no, it actually changes and doug has a whole transformation at the end of the movie yeah well, he transforms so into a republican so. <laughs> <laughs> i i really dislike doug as our main character i did not think i mean i know they're trying to go for like the every man becomes you know what he needs to become but i did not feel like that transformation was warranted i did i mean they yeah. stole his baby and, and he killed his wife and mother-in-law right in you know mm -hmm. basically right in front of him so he's like i have to get my baby back but yeah he starts out of this like he's anti his baby back baby back baby back he's gotta get his baby back baby <laughs> <laughs> Doug Chili's. That's his name. But he, you know, he goes from not wanting to just be around guns to I, I now know, all of a sudden he's got to. He, he just kind of falls into like, I got to do what I got to do, which mm -hmm. uh, which works. But again, he just was so unbelievable. <laughs> when, he doesn't seem to be angry at any point. Even when he's fighting that dude at the end, he's just kind of like, what do I do here? And then lucks into whatever. 
That's yes, the way I read it. There could have been a little more from the acting side of it, but man, when he's someone steals my baby and I'm gonna go get revenge, you better believe I'm going into like predator, like Billy cut my chest Rambo mode. If I'm gonna go crazy, I'm going green room crazy. I think he did an okay job. Not a great job, but an okay yes. job. 2006 also. Yeah, it, that scene where he's uh, stuck in the meat locker. Yes, that was pretty. That was some good acting there. So they're out on the road. They're driving down the shortcut that they got, and all of a sudden we get road spikes. Road spikes that just eviscerate a lizard. And I'm like, was that necessary? Like you said, this movie loves killing animals. Loves it. This might be the most animal death we've done in a movie on the podcast so far. I think it might be. Lizard, two birds, and a dog. Yeah. What the fuck? A lot. Unnecessary. So the tires get blown out from the road spikes. Big Bob tries to regain control of the truck that's pulling a big camper, crashes straight into like a stump or a rock. Or a huge rock, the rock. boulder. That car is Duns- Dunsville. You, know? you almost said Dunsky. I almost did Dunsky. Yeah. <laughs> it's a you know, real good testament to Big Bob's driving. Miles of empty desert, and he manages to crash into the one rock. <laughs> Yeah, I, I liked this crash. It was really well done. Uh, I thought the the actor who played Bob, uh, Big Bob, did a really good job of like really showing that he was struggling controlling that uh, that vehicle. I, I liked this scene. And then when everybody gets out, like the tensions are high. You know, people are trying to find out what's going on. Yeah, like, why did we really... go down a road? We it's not even on the map. You know, yelling at Bob mm-hmm. and stuff. A lot of yeah. discourse and a lot of kind of like questioning and like this is not the time. I thought this is one of the few points where I was like, oh, this is going to actually pull this family a little bit tighter together. I was wrong, but um... they probably didn't have enough time to get there. That's true. To that uh, more cohesive family unit. So the car's totaled. They can't drive it anywhere, and so they come up with the plan of. They're going to send uh, Big, Big Bob, Bob back to the gas station. Doug's going to walk the other way, and they're going to hopefully find help. And you know, within five or ten miles, they'll turn around, come back, and get a rescue situation going. And then, for some reason, they all want their jackets. That was weird. So you don't get sunburned. I would rather risk getting sunburned than... Wearing Sweating. a fucking, yeah, you're gonna get so dehydrated. They didn't even as, bring any water with as them. Someone who wears a sleeveless hoodie in Texas because I can flip that hood up over my head and not get burned. Trust me. Well, no, a hat. You want to bring a hat, but a whole jacket? Yeah, you know, oh, it's cold in the desert at night. Yeah, I suppose. Seems like a poor decision on my part or on their part. Maybe my part too. What do I know? Big Bob was a Boy Scout. He always goes prepared. So Doug eventually hits his end of the road into a a crater situation where there's just all the uh, cars of the people that these uh, cannibals have killed before. And he's like, sweet, free shit. So he goes down there and like explores in the car and comes back with a baseball bat and a fishing. Brand new fishing pole, a bat, some other things. And I'm like, well, how come the clerk didn't get these items? Well, because they didn't, the the cannibals didn't deem them worthy to bring back. Can't they only, fit they only bring back bag. the finest ah, of tributes, the jewelry, the mm. coins, the cash money, mm. the commemorative plates. Yeah. <laughs> so, but uh, and then Big Bob is working his way back to the gas station. As those two are walking, um, the rest of the family is just setting up base camp. They're like, ah, oh, we'll relax and kick it, you know. And as they're leaving, we see Doug take a little bit long gander at uh, the younger daughter. We're like, bro. Bro, it's bro. such a pointless scene. This is something that could have been cut. His wife sees it. Yeah, but nothing comes of the scene. Like, I, yeah, so like they could have cut that and saved the minute of screen time. Yeah, and then on top of that, as this is happening, as Bob and Doug go their own ways, one of the dogs runs out into the desert. I think Brenda is being a little too careless here. Yes. We see that these dogs are runners. It happened already at the gas station, and she's like, I'm going to go into the camper and get something. She just opens the door, and boom, uh, beauty bolts. Yeah. Name I mean, of the dogs are beauty and beast. They should have leashed those dogs up as soon as they stopped. Anyway, right. why are they leaving them in the camper? So 
bad dog owners all around rattlesnakes man like if the if, yes if what didn't happen to the dog probably a snake bite or something crazier would have happened definitely not crazier but more realistic yeah less crazier <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> bobby's looking for a uh, beast he finds beast like uh, beauty gutted. beauty i'm sorry he finds beauty gutted and he's like my dog my precious dog and then he gets scared by some cannibals and he falls off a little like ledge and knocks himself out and he's out for the day Yes. And then we see Ruby, the the young little girl cannibal, goes and sits next to Bobby and kind of just watches over him. And then we see another cannibal up laughing, eating like a dog leg or something like that. It, it, at this point, you're like, OK, there's an ecosystem of these people out here. Yeah. And then, then we cut back to nighttime and uh, Big Bob is now at the gas station. I don't understand why Bobby would look in his gutted dog's like carcass. What was he hoping to see in there? I think he was just looking for what exactly happened, you know, because the dog was just laying on its side. With yeah, he a wasn't lot expecting. Of, he just kind of like lifted the leg and ugh. like saw that it was like gutted. And it, when we say gutted, it's fully it, yeah. empty. And that means this isn't a natural death by some other animal in the desert. True. I mean, he reacted in an appropriate way, except he probably should have looked where he was running. But other yeah. than that, I get it. He should have worn his dog like a hood. <laughs> become one of the cannibals lead them lend me your strength beauty so bob at the gas station now gets a, a bottle of water and he's looking for the gas station attendant where are you at buddy hey that uh, we broke down we broke down uh, i have a note here that says bro if you say hello one more goddamn time i'm gonna stop this movie he says it like 40 times i mean he's just wandering inside helping himself to you know items and for sale i assume he's trying to be loud so that he doesn't get mistaken for a ruffian and blasted exactly what i thought too yes oh yeah you do not want to creep around the desert he goes back into the back area behind the beads and he finds the bag of all the stuff oh we didn't mention inside the bag with all the jewels was an ear and some teeth and some teeth Bob finds this and immediately draws his gun. I like the fact that the ears in a to-go container. I think it was because all the earrings, right? Probably. Is that why they yeah. tore it off and gave it to Probably him? Probably gold fillings. Yeah. and yeah. yeah. So he goes outside and he finds a car that he's trying to start. And he starts to hear some muttering and mumbling coming from the outhouse. Well, the gas station attendant's in there getting drunk on a bottle with a shotgun. And Bob's like, hey, buddy, just put that down. You know, and then he just blows his brains out. Well, he he expresses his regret and what happens. He was just like, I just I'm so sorry. I can't do this anymore. Blah, 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 blah. And this is where I was like, oh, there's some depth to this dynamic of him not wanting to do this. Are those his kids? Is that what? No, it's I don't just, think so. It's just a family. And uh. he knew that they lived out there and he knew what happened to him and he felt bad for them. So this is why he did that for me. He's like, I've done everything I can to care for him, but this is out of hand. I, I can't I can't do it anymore. They, they've, they've gone too far. Because I remember him saying something like, oh, what kind of place is this to raise kids? Because he's or, talking about the young kids, mm, Ruby and some of the other the ones other that grew ones up. And he later. was just like, that's just not a way to life. You know, like they should all be destroyed type he, thing. He knows Ruby by name because whenever at the beginning of the film where he's like, I don't want to do this anymore. He's like, is that Ruby? Yeah. You know, so there has been some sort of communication. And it's Jupiter, than, too, because he's like, I got buckshot for you, Jupiter. Yeah, yeah, that's right. Okay. But it's a whole house of a thousand corpses thing. They're all crazy people just doing their own shit. Yeah. So one of the things that I couldn't quite get on board with was the gunshot wound to the head. <laughs> dude, yeah, it was Holy a super shit. shotgun. Yeah, he, it was like a sawed off. It caves out that dude's head and then it folds in on itself. I don't know if you guys saw that. Yeah, the the like skin from the side of the head folds in on itself like it really would. And it was just like, 
Oh, it was so intense. It was very bloody. Yeah, it was a good effect. Mm-hmm. Big Bob is like, all right, screw this shit. I just watched a guy blow his head off. I'm out of here. I'm going to go get in the car. He starts hearing uh, uh, someone go, daddy. Oh, that's why. also why I thought this was his their dad's. Because, yeah, the this new this uh, mutant is just saying, daddy. You thought he was saying daddy to... Um, the guy who just blew the gas station attendant. Yeah, no, he, he knew that he was the dad of the family. So they were taunting this guy. That was what I picked up. Oh, uh, that makes like, much more sense. Like, daddy. <laughs> daddy. And I was like, who's your daddy? <laughs> they just start shooting in the dark. Uh, Why waste yeah. your bullets? Th- Fire one shot in the air if you're trying to scare someone. But other than that, just wait until you see something. Yeah. Uh, as a cop, you should know better. A detective, sorry. He gets in the car, starts the engine, or tries to start the engine. And then the, there's someone in the seat behind him who goes, daddy. And then like smashes his head against the fucking mm-hmm. window. Breaks his skull. Yeah. Like he's not dead, but he is He's injured. Up. Yeah. Check the back seat, bro. What are you doing? He's panicked. He's trying to get out of there. But yes, check the back seat. Literally think they, they think they're in the middle of nowhere with nobody else around but this gas station. But he's station hearing this, You're this hearing person. someone say, Daddy, yeah. and taunt you. Check your surroundings. Like, don't take anything for granted. This is crazy time. Mm-hmm. You've officially abandoned reality. <laughs> You're on crazy time. That's a good point. It's crazy PM right now. Switch to crazy protocols. <laughs> <laughs> so anyway, dad gets taken into the mine shaft. There seems to be mine shafts everywhere out here. Well, the backstory is... It's a mining community. Yes, it was a, a group of miners that did not want to leave the area when they were told to leave by the government for these atomic tests. Mm-hmm. Henceforth, radiated mutants. Yeah, look, I, I get it. I get that it would suck to be forced off of your land. But if they're like, look, we're going to nuke whether you are here or not, just leave. Just leave. There's going to be no happy outcomes. You know. Pro tip mm-hmm. from the Grave Talk podcast. This is America. Don't get nuked. Uh, so then it cuts back to the camper and. It's nighttime. It's yeah, right. And Beast now gets out because these people cannot keep track of their do- their dogs were shit. And I was like, oh, no, not Beast too. But Brenda goes after Beast, who then finds passed out Bobby on the ground. And she brings Bobby back to the camper. At the same time, Doug comes back with all of his accoutrement, the fishing pole and all the other stuff that he Mm -hmm. scavenged from the bomb site vehicles. That dude's got to be irradiated at this point. I'm sure they all are at this point. Yeah, definitely. Definitely to some degree. Um, He comes back in. He, again, Doug, being a dick. Did you make dinner? Like, bro, now's not the time. I mean, I'm sure he's been walking all day. He's hungry. Did you guys notice this entire movie, No One Drinks Water? Well, they're wearing jackets well, in the sun, so... Bob drinks water at the gas station. Oh, that's yeah. The, that's the only time, though. Like, I, that's the only time. No one, other, no one in an actual desert like drinks water at any point. And they do complain about how hot they are. Yeah, get it, it together. Interesting. It's these pe- interesting. These people would have died from dehydration if the mutants didn't get them. It's true. I mean, I was thinking about that. I was like, if there's nobody around to help these people, if the mutants weren't a thing, they're fucked anyway. Yes. Right? Yeah, they, I mean, the correct thing to do would have been for all of them to go back to the gas station as a unit and not split up to the four winds, but whatever. Well, maybe Bob was going to go go back and pick them like, hey, there's someone that can help us. We'll go get the rest of the family. But anyway, we're speculating. Let's talk about the actual plot. Bobby has decided not to tell them about their gutted dog because he didn't want to worry the family. Bro, let them know yes. instantly. He's You're, also like 14. So does not matter. If I see a decapitated, mutilated, gutted anything, I'm like, yo, just FYI, our family pet brutally murdered. Mm. This sucks. I'm really sorry for your grief at this time, but we should probably be aware of this since we're in the middle of the fucking desert. 
probably the first 14 year old to ever make a bad decision. Uh, Easily. (laughs) Bobby made a decision, but it was the wrong one. So at this point they hear a noise and they run outside and they see big Bob tied to a tree that I didn't know it was there until he's tied to it. So what exactly happens is, is nobody believes Bobby. Are you going to correct me on the podcast? I am because I actually love this moment. Son of a bitch. (laughs) It goes like this. Bobby's being weird and he's not telling anybody about why he's being weird. Doug doesn't believe him at all. He's like, I'm going to go sleep in the car. And he's like, no, man, look, I'll sleep on the floor. You can stay here in the camper with us. And, 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 and well, he's like, Bobby, it's a three person camper. I'm not going to sleep in here with you. And he takes, they his, very easily could have off slept. There, yeah, it was big enough. So him and Lynn go sleep in the car. He's like, I tell you what, if big Bob doesn't show up by midnight, you and me will go look for him. Okay. Okay. It's 1150. All of a sudden, Bobby looks outside of the camper and he sees commotion or he hears something. And that triggers him to run outside and go up to the car where Doug is sleeping with Lynn in there. And he's like, hey, look, okay, I didn't want to tell anybody this, but uh, uh, shit is popping off. We are not alone. There's people out here and we need to do something about it. And they're like, Bobby, you're being freaky. But Doug's like, okay, hold on. Let's go check it out. So they start walking off in the direction of the sound that Bobby heard. In the meantime, one of the mutants climb into the camper and he starts accosting the women of the family. Is this after they set the dad on fire? No. It's coming now. It hasn't happened yeah. yet. Okay, okay. Who boy. <laughs> the funny part is like one of them the has... The funny part. Yeah, no, it's, I thought it was hilarious because one of the mutants has a walkie-talkie and goes, now! And yeah. they fucking ignite Bob off in the corner. It's like, holy shit. I didn't expect that to no, happen. No, I agree. I was like, what the fuck? This uh, also a 2006 filmmaking moment. They start to zoom towards the burning tree and then they super fast zoom up to the tree so you get like a close-up they were of the so- dad burning and it's like... Zzzz! And it's like, oh, it took me out of the moment so much when they did that, like, super fast camera work. They were so proud of it, though. In the making of, they spent, like, 10 minutes talking about how the Steadicam guy had to walk there, and it took three minutes. That kind of effect is very difficult to do. And so, like, I I can understand being like, you know, like, yo, that that turned out really well. But it's this is not that kind of movie. Yeah, but it wants to be. This feels like, okay, so I guess to bring it back to Rob Zombie, this camera shot feels like it belongs in House of a Thousand Corpses, but not Devil's Rejects. Mm. You know what I'm saying? Okay. I can Very see different that. feel of, yeah. of film, you know? So um, anyway, I had a little bit of a problem with that. But right. yeah, Bob is burning. Yeah. Before the Bob burning happens, Brenda is the only one in the camper. Everybody else had gone outside to see what Bobby's right. freaking out about. Lizard and Pluto, two of our mutants, make their way into the camper and rape Brenda. Yes. In a pretty... I couldn't remember when that part happened, but... It's a pretty graphic scene. Yeah. So while the family's trying to put out Bob with a fire extinguisher, this is all happening. Bro, they should have just shot Bob. They, that, yeah, there's no saving point, Bob. when you see Bob's skin looking like yeah. that. Also, Doug was like... 40 feet away from the, the fire trying to spray it with a fucking yeah. fire extinguisher. Like, bro, get closer. But mom's crying, going, not my Bob. I felt like, I felt that. Yeah. You know? I, I can understand that, yes. At this point, mom is going to basically be in a fugue state for the rest of the movie. Well, Which is not that long for her. Yeah, yeah. For, for the brief amount of time. Yeah. But yeah, so Brenda is getting full on, uh, yeah, violated in the, the van. Uh, one lizard eats the head off of a parakeet yeah. And drinks the blood out of its head. I was like, bro, again, second animal to get like brutally, a third animal to get brutally fucked up. When you live in the desert, there's not enough fresh blood to go around. So when you get it, you enjoy it. I Sure. You know, I'll take your word for it, Mark. <laughs> uh, but then he goes and beats uh, Jupiter 
And he's like, you know, you got to be a man to do that. And then he goes in and does his thing with Brenda. And the way they shoot it, again, very visceral, very, like, intense. Like, I was, like, very uncomfortable during this scene, as I should be. Yeah. Um, I thought it was shot very well, though. Like, you don't see a lot of it. It's not graphic in the way of, like, just he in your face. When thighs and starts pulling them apart, I was like, that's what I was like. I was like, ooh, I'm out. Like, this this is so unnerving to me. Right. Um, but, yeah, the rest of it was done. But it's it not was like, more implied than yes, shown. correct. Yeah. Lynn comes in to the camper. Yeah. And she immediately is like, oh, shit. Knows she just walked into something bad. And one of them goes after her. And I think she's trying to protect the baby. So she's not making any crazy movements. Yeah, because Jupiter, after being told he can't rape Brenda, goes and finds the baby and he's holding the baby. And she's like, no, I don't know if it's Lynn or uh, the mom, but like one of them basically like startles Jupiter and he drops that baby. Like I rewound it three times. So he, when like, the mom comes, so it's coming up like because uh, Jupiter basically is like, all right, I won't kill your baby. He doesn't say this. It's all through acting. But uh, I'm going to need to rape you, too. Really fucked up. And he starts getting, you know, fresh, uh, fresh with her, if you will. Yeah. And she grabs a screwdriver and puts it through his leg. Right. Yes. And this is when the mom this comes is in. Lizard. Lizard. Yeah. Not oh, Jupiter. Lizard. Sorry. Oh, Jupiter yes. goes, Did they switch places yeah, again? Jupiter's going to go after he finds the baby. Lizard's like, give me that. And then like, you know, he goes over and Jupiter's going to mess with Brenda. And then Lizard's got the baby because Lynn stabs Lizard in the la- the thigh with a screwdriver and is like jamming it around. Mm-hmm. And um, I'm doing the hand motions. I don't know why. And he's like, son of a bitch. And he drops that baby, blows the mom back across the camper yeah. through the stomach. The uh, mom had picked up a big rock. Oh, and okay. She was going to bash it into Lizard's head. She was just too slow. Didn't make it. It, it, it. There's a lot going on in this scene. It was a yeah. hey, dude, sorry audience. We're, we're all over the place, but it's intense and wild. They the guy shot her with like a rocket. I don't understand how she went flying. I mean, she flew back like 35 feet. I mean, that's a high caliber gun. I but, mean, getting shot like that, you're going to definitely fall back, but you're not going to fly yeah. across the camper. No, you'd like crumple or she's get on a pulley over. system of some yeah. kind. Was was it a shotgun? No, no, no it was, it was a, a hand hand cannon. It's just a handgun. Yeah. It was like a big hand cannon. Think okay. the Magnum from Resident Evil, bro. Okay, gotcha. And, and then uh, he also turns around and shoots Brenda, who's this in whole the fucking head. Not Brenda, Lynn. 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 Sorry, Lynn. Right. He shoots Lynn in the head because she's been very dumb. This whole time, she's still just fucking around with that screwdriver in his leg. It's like, pull it out and stab him somewhere else, yeah, man. Keep stabbing. Stop wiggling. <laughs> but uh, anyway, she gets shot to the head and boom, she's Dunsville. And this is very abrupt and shocking. Yes. I will say that I forgot to just boom, boom, right? One after the other. As they hear the shots, Bobby is all like, what's going on back at the camper and starts working his way back to the camper. Um, Bobby is basically gone full like, I'm going to kill everybody. It's revenge time. I don't know why this transition happened the way it did, but he, he's pissed. Um, so he runs back. And as he's running back to the camper, Jupiter and Lizard have taken the baby and they're running off. Bobby fires a bunch of shots at him, completely nowhere near him. Wasting ammo. It's like, dude, there's multiple times where it's like, stop, aim, and shoot. Yeah. Yes. Stop running and f- blind firing. Oh, when that comes later, yeah. It's like, what dude, is it doing? I get it. Emotions running high, but it seems like you were trained for pistol shooting but already. He's a kid. I, I know, but like I feel a, like Big, Big Bob probably took him to some range. Well, he did. He said he's been trained. By, yeah. Yeah. But training, the training re- out the window. Training and reality are exactly yeah, yeah. two different, especially when you're as. I was like, oh, you're so dumb. But I was like, well, I was an idiot at his age, too. So I get it. 
So anyway, <laughs> like he goes after firing blindly, Doug comes back in and they're like, there's nothing we can do for Bob. <laughs> they cut him off the tree. He falls down dead. Smoke coming out of the mouth. I was like, that's the proof that Bob is gone. Yeah. If you needed it. Well, that's the one that I think they say is like the, the reason you die from burning is like you inhale the flame and shit like that. And it like burns your insides and you fucking die from that shit. That seems first, the worst usually. way to go. Yeah, I don't want to burn alive. No, thank you. Yeah, they definitely should. I just capped him. But anyway, uh, so naturally, Bobby's like, uh, we need to go out there and go find them and kill them. They have your baby. Why are you being a little bitch? And Doug's like, we need a plan. All right, calm down. And they get in a little scuffle. But ultimately, they're like, okay. Dad's right. You are a pussy. Yeah. It's like, dude. Just because you don't want to go run out in the dark to these people that wiped out half your family in yeah. like 35 seconds. It's probably a good idea to get to regroup a little bit here. I think we hear Beast attack a mutant. We see and hear him attack a mutant because this is where you get the walkie-talkie outside of the camper. And then they go out and they see just like a, a arm left. So this was confusing. Okay, so we're back at the camper with Bobby, Doug, and Brenda. Yes. They're the only ones left alive at this point. The Brady Bunch. Yeah. <laughs> they hear noises outside and Bobby blind fires three shots because he hears walkie-talkie talk. Yeah. They open the door to the camper, and there's an arm on the ground. I was like, did Bobby just shoot the arm off a guy? I assume Beast brought it back, because we hear Beast do an attack in the distance earlier. Okay. We and, hear, but we don't actually see it. Right. And so then they do the second stupidest thing in the movie. They like give up the whole tactical advantage of being able to listen in to these monsters by... Uh, Get me back, my son! Yeah, Doug picks it up and just starts yelling at him. Why are you doing this? Like, they're going to have a rational explanation. Give me I back my baby! Give me back my baby! Like, dude, listen. Just shut up and listen so you can know where they are and what they're doing. Yeah. That was a very bad move. Yeah. And then the, we just hear the baby crying over the radio. Also, the guy missing the arm was under the trailer. And they blind fire down into the ground and kill him through the floorboard. Okay, so I was confused by that because I didn't know that was a guy missing the arm. Because at one point, Bobby's in the car, uh, in the trailer, like looking around and Doug's outside and he like motions to Bobby like below you. And then Bobby goes blah, 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 below the, the trailer and he kills the guy. But I didn't know where that dude came from. I was like, what the fuck is this? Same. I didn't put two and two together, anyway, but that makes sense. This, this scene is furious. Like, it once it starts, it does not slow down. We are taking out half our cast. We're going hard. It is nonstop. Balls to the wall insanity. Um, but yes, as you said, at this point, Doug is like, okay, well, I'm going to go take care of this. You take care of Brenda because she's been through something. They don't really seem to give Brenda the time of fucking day as this is all going on. I feel like maybe take a moment and be like, hey, are you all right? Well, she's definitely not all right. No, no, no. no. She's <laughs> fucked. She's going to need years of therapy at this right. point. They end up throwing the bodies of their sister and mother into the truck or something. Yeah. Closing the, 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 yeah, the door. Yeah, the SUV part of it, which is going to smell terrible oh. in the Texas or the fucking desert sun. But Beast is going on his own revenge tale. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I want to watch that separate movie. Separate from this fucking movie. Because Beast finds gutted beauty. There's a moment where the dog finds the dead dog and it's like, oh, that's fucking yeah. sad. Maybe. Ties a bandit. By Grabthar's hammer, you shall be avenged. He ends up tearing another one's throat out. I think his name was Goggles. And yeah. he had like no yes. nose. He yeah. kind of looked That's like. That's the dude who was laughing and eating the, the dog leg earlier. Yeah. So the dog was like, you ate her leg? I'm going to eat you. <laughs> Bro, beast, man. He's a, he is a beast. I don't mean to assign gender. I don't know which one's which, but you know. I think back then you could tell beauty was the girl. Yeah. Beast was the male. We were not that progressive in 2006. Nope, not yet. Uh. Fuck it. All right. But so. after all this action, 
the movie slams the brakes now, uh, which I get. I guess they're like, okay, we need to give the audience time. You to, had to give us a moment to breathe. Sure, but they gave us multiple moments because now we get to watch Bobby walk through nuclear fallout town. Doug. Doug, sorry, for like 10 minutes, it felt like. And every room's the same with creepy mannequins. I'm like, All right, I get it. I, I don't. Well, they didn't it. think you got it yet. So we got to do more uh, establishment shots. I right. really liked this because I really thought it built up that whole like desolate. There is a community, although it be a fucked up, wild, weird community they've created. Like they're living in this manufactured environment. It's a test site. Yeah. yeah. It felt so it's, like it's the 1950s mannequin families standing they still in all the, the windows. The effects would do. The yeah. stupidest mannequin setup I saw Ooh. was there was a woman with a baby of maybe one years old playing Chinese checkers. <laughs> I was like, that wouldn't happen in real life, you dumb movie. <laughs> yeah. They would they play regular checkers at a year old. Come on. Yeah, what babies do you have that can understand black, red, and colors? <laughs> That's the Bobby Fisher of mannequins. Yeah, I'm, Pretty I'm much. regularly beat by one year olds and checkers. Well, Chinese you, and American. You may want to practice a little harder, buddy. <laughs> Keep trying to eat the pieces. <laughs> anyway, as as King uh, Me eats two pieces. <laughs> That's how this works. As Doug is wondering through this, we cut back to Bobby and Brent. Brenda. Brenda decided she's going to burn a tire to try to get uh, someone to notice them. So the black smoke will go up in the air. Honestly, not the worst idea. I'm on board with you, Brenda. Mm-hmm. Um, Bobby's Bobby not. decided to make a tripwire trap all around the campsite. So if anyone comes running back, it'll shake a baby rattle of the missing baby. Pretty clever, to be honest. Where Honestly, go, Bobby? Not, yeah. neither one of these are bad ideas. At this point, I was like, okay, I'm on board for the Bobby Brenda, yeah. you know, survival story here. At least somebody got some use out of that fishing pole mm-hmm. that Doug brought back. I thought Doug was a goner at this point. I was like, Doug's done for. He's well, that's not what the movie had set back. him up as. He's like, he's the bumbling idiot who's going to go out and die. As right. brutal as this movie was, I thought he was going to walk in on them eating their baby. I honestly did. I was yeah. like, that baby is Dunsky. Like, mm-hmm. there's no way this baby survives this movie. I was giving it 50-50, but only because they had set Ruby up to be, like, uh, a good one, like a good guy or a good person. I thought this would be the, the moment that pushed Ruby over the edge, though. They, they're eating the baby, and she's like, I can't eat the baby. And then she's like, Doug, I'm going to get you out of here. And she's going to basically help Doug oh. escape. Okay, I could have seen and, that, yeah. Or she goes back and, and, and gets Brenda and Bobby, like, helps them escape, knowing that Doug didn't succeed in his mission. She's like, I got to get... Get these two out of here at least and that's what i thought was going to happen i think that would have been a little more intense and a little bit more um of a payoff because yeah. bobby and brenda have been through some shit i think Doug that been... has been through some shit i mean he only had his baby taken i wonder what the mpa that's some say. shit though man yeah don't and his wife you can't dead. just you can't just wave that true, away true. his <laughs> wife was raped and shot in the head and his baby was well, kidnapped his wife wasn't raped well, well, was sexually well, assaulted i mean yeah. he was like he was it, breastfeeding it was, it was a on, mutant unwillingly oh God, i forgot about that the mutant was breastfeeding <laughs> yeah. on the pregnant lady that's why i thought she was also pregnant too but i guess you can do that I, never mind anyway i don't know enough about birth no babies okay <laughs> um the point is yeah they fucking linger on that scene for a long yeah. time i was like jesus this movie is going so i think hard. that qualifies as rape but, uh, yeah. but no, no no yeah yeah you're right so. i'm not gonna i'm not gonna argue about that i just uh, forgot about that part which is fine <laughs> yeah blank that shit out of your memory that was unnecessary but so he has She's gone through some chilling shit. with it too like what do i do here I'm like you punch you kick well, you scratch. he's trying to protect her baby right so she's like okay if he's doing this then he's not hurting my kid ah I, I guess I take a different perspective. If he's willing to do that, they're willing to fucking kill a baby. I would gouge an eye out. If 
But I think he would have taken her out and then taken the baby yeah. anyway. So anyway, Doug is in Shantytown, <laughs> wherever the fuck it is. Yes, it's the houses they built around the bomb sites to simulate what it would look like if a nuclear bomb went off near you. Beast has followed a blood trail all the way to this town, I think, yeah. is how he found it. Yes, because he uses Beast as a tracking dog to find this town. They yeah. follow the blood trail because he actually walkie-talkies back. He's like, I followed the blood trail. I found a town. And the thing is, Bobby and Brenda don't hear him because they're setting up their traps. Yeah, that's so right. They have no idea what's going on. At first, I'm like, oh, this is just empty. But no, there's a house with a generator running outside of it. He looks inside and sees his baby just laying on a bed. He's like, bingo. He crawls inside the house. There's like a mutant with a head neck brace thing with a shotgun who almost catches him, but he manages to outwit that dude. Is this where he gets knocked out by the um Yeah, the he woman? finds the baby and then immediately gets captured. Well, because he sees a woman like combing a, a wig and she's in a chair she's one of the like the uh mutant women she's watching an old television like donahue or some weird talk show he thinks he's gonna make it out but no slammed in the face now he finds himself waking up inside of a meat fridge yeah it's like one of those like ice cream coolers that you know you see in gas stations and stuff full of body parts this would fuck me up yeah this would what would send me into full like survival rambo mode like if i was surrounded by like mutilated bodies and stuff like that i'd be like all right it's time to go crazy and just go out in a blaze of glory and that's what happens with doug yeah He's banging and banging and he can't get out of there. He finally knocks the lock off of this fridge, busts out, and has his first blood moment. <laughs> he becomes Rambo. Sort of, except he's still like totally like unprepared, which I thought was great to keep him like not a total badass. You know, like it'd be unrealistic if he suddenly became like a stone cold killer. But he just seemed very like, I still got to get my baby, like very like kind of calm. And I was like, dude, I'd be like full insane. So when he gets out of the meat fridge, he goes into the living room of the house. Big Bob's corpse is sitting there with American flag jammed down his throat. Yeah, yeah. and the Star Spangled and Banner's playing. No, it's it's the mutant. He's off camera singing yes. uh, the uh, yeah. national, national anthem. National, yeah. So he rounds the corner, and this is where we get our whole story dump. About For the third time. Where's my daughter? Where is she? Answer me. I don't know where she is. I never leave this place. Your people asked our families to leave their town. And you destroyed our homes. We went into the mines. You set off your bombs and turned everything to ashes. You made us what we've become. I can see it from your perspective, but you still are monster cannibal people. Oh, Rubber yeah. Johnny? Yeah. Okay, yeah. Yeah, he, he Big Brain, I think, is his character. Big Brain, yeah. yeah. It is Big Brain. But, like, th this was creepy. I This was my favorite part of the movie because I was like, oh, we're going to get some exposition. We're going to get a little bit of, like, tension buildup. And we did. We got all of that. Was it enough? I think so. Okay. Honestly, you don't need to delve too much into the whole, like, you know, explosion, like, test site stuff like that. We, we've got – they've bludgeoned us with it at this point. We, we get the gist of it. I did enjoy how Big Brain was very much kind of like, you're not getting out of here. Like, he at no point, like, he's like, starts laughing. He's like, what are you laughing at? And he's like, it's feeding time. It's breakfast time. Breakfast time. Oh, I'm so sorry. 
Yeah, man, that's his that's his tag phrase, like a tagline or what catchphrase. There we go. His tag phrase. <laughs> and I can think from behind him or through a wall or something, bus Pluto. Yeah. Through the back door. Yeah. yeah. Pluto busts in. And Pluto is massive. Pluto is like a, a monster. And just starts throwing um, Doug against the walls and shoving him through walls and stuff like that. And Chasing him with an axe. And I give Doug a props for dodging that axe like 42 times in this fight. Mm-hmm. It is a hell of a fight. I yeah. can't believe Doug is even standing by the end of it. But he does get his fingers chopped off in this fight. There's one part that this always happens in movies and I don't know if you guys have ever like been in a situation where you're trying to run away and someone's like stopping you. If you're running up the stairs and someone grabs your foot and you're laying on the stairs and someone pulls you downstairs, you are at such a disadvantage. You're not getting away from a strike. Oh yeah. The whole time I was like, why not just use your other hand to to kill him right now? Where was he even pulling him to? Well, he was holding the rail with one hand and the other hand, I think it was the one missing fingers. Yeah. But I'm talking about Pluto. He was only pulling him with one leg and then he had his ax hand just doing nothing. Yeah. Just swing. Yeah. Just swing and kill him. You've got him literally held in position. But anyway, if you've ever been on the stairs like that, you are at such a disadvantage. If you get pulled down, you can't get up. You can't move. It's it's very difficult to, to mm. maneuver. But anyway. But Beast comes to the rescue. And Beast attacks that dude. And then <laughs> Doug just runs off like, he's your problem now. <laughs> yeah. I was like, damn. Well, there was a moment before he goes into the house that he put Beast in the car. And I was like, you just left that dog to die. Yeah. Man, oh, yes. if someone wanders by and sees a German shepherd in Crack a car. A <laughs> it's yeah, hot out there. also, yeah. extreme heat advisory. Don't leave your dog indoors in a car, not running. Doug's the worst. The worst. <laughs> He's pretty bad. But anyway, it kind of pissed me off, though, because the dog, like, definitely gives Doug the advantage mm-hmm. at this point, And Doug just runs away. Like, dude, starts stabbing Pluto in the face. He runs into the bathroom and pushes the tub against the door. That was a nice bathtub, though. Yeah. And, and then you hear poor Beast, like, ye- a whimper as he gets thrown off of Pluto. And I was like, oh, if they fucking kill Beast, I'm going to be so pissed. I, I, said the same, I said the same thing, dude. I was like, if you're going to murder another dog this yeah. late in the movie, <laughs> one star. Yeah. You're getting one if star. There, there's an animal alive it's not gonna make it um so yeah so through the fucking wall boom pluto comes through the wall did you expect him to come to the door where the tub is yeah instead he comes to the wall next to him great moment yeah i love when, that this house is made of papier mache okay yeah. <laughs> <laughs> i know it's paper mache but but anyway it just barely looks like a house french director okay i'm calling it papier mache perfect um so yeah he busts through and they're fighting i think this is where he loses the finger yeah right? this is where he loses the finger yeah. and then he he manages to fingers, fingers. he loses yeah. all the fingers on his hand mm, two two is it just two it's like two or two. three but yeah he, he gets to keep his pointer enough finger. fingers too many <laughs> fingers i'll tell you that if you lose any fingers One, that's yes, too many exactly yes. a non-optimal amount of fingers but he does manage to get a screwdriver and stab pluto in the foot after fake out so Doug Uh-oh. is on his knees after, oh, right. after hiding under a table. They're all basically just laughing at him. He's like, please, please don't kill me. And like Pluto turns around and looks at big brains like, get a load of this guy. Please don't kill me. They're like mocking him. Yeah. <laughs> and then Doug grabs that screwdriver and jams it right through the foot. This I have a problem with. Pluto has basically taken a beating. He has been stabbed. He has been punched. He has been hit in the face. He's like, I mean, you name it. This shit has happened to this dude, and he has not been stunned. He gets a screwdriver to the foot, and he's like, ah, the inhumanity. Like, he just can't function anymore. And don't get me wrong, getting stabbed in the foot would suck. 
But compared to some of the other like hits he's taken previously, I was like, bro, shake it off. But think about Doug. He was also fighting him with a baseball bat. The bat gets snapped in half. Oh, he stabs him in the stomach. And Doug stabs Pluto in the stomach. Pluto pulls it out as if it's not even a thing. And cracks Doug in the face with the the handle part of the bat. But that's what I'm saying, though, because doesn't he... Does he stab him in the stomach before he screwdriver? Yes, yeah, he does. that's free. Yeah. That's what I'm saying. He like pulls a bat handle out of his gut, like yeah, it is but a scratch, <laughs> right? And then he gets stabbed in the foot with a tiny screwdriver, and he's like, ah, stop it, time out. And I'm just like, bro, shake it off and kill this guy. Look, I think we just discovered Pluto's mutant powers. It's his Achilles heel. Yeah. <laughs> so after the screwdriver to the foot. Doug manages to go over to Big Bob's carcass, pull out the American flag, and jams it through the back of Pluto's neck through his throat. Then he picks up Pluto's axe and chops him in the head. Yep. And these effects were really gory and awesome. Yeah. Well, you know what they say? Foot, throat, head means they're dead. (laughs) That's what they say. (laughs) You're absolutely right there, John. So Beast returns and kills Big Brain. Uh, I was happy about that. While the dad goes off to find his child. But during the fight, Big Brain had radioed to somebody, I don't know all these people's names, and it's like, Lizard is like, kill the baby. Lizard's on his way to get the baby. We find out that Ruby, the little girl, has stolen the baby and run off with it. Doug, as he's working his way back to the baby room, the baby room, the things I Nursery. say in this podcast, <laughs> like encounters like neck brace guy, cyst, kills that dude. He gets there around the same time that Lizard does, and they have a whole tussle. And I don't remember exactly what happens, but man, Lizard kind of gets messed up. So <laughs> when Lizard goes to kill the baby, he pulls back a blanket and it's a pig. Meanwhile, back at the camper, a completely different mutant is tripping the wire. And Brenda and Bobby have made out an entire plan to just whenever one of these mutants get in the camper, they're going to blow him the fuck up. Holy shit. I forgot about this scene. Yeah. So they. Uh, they what was the point of this? <laughs> blow, know, blow up the camper with a propane tank and have a mutant inside of it. And what do you do after that, though? That's the question. Yeah. That's your big plan? Doesn't really seem like a good trade. All of their equipment uh, for one mutant. They've taped some matches to the sliding door of the camper. So what's supposed to happen is when the mutant comes in, he slides the matches across the adhesive, lights it. They've turned all the gas stove on it full. Yeah, it's just leaking into the camper. And it's going to go off like a bomb. This is a terrible plan. So many things had to go right for this to happen. They had to capture the mutant and basically like handcuff him for a few minutes, sneak out of the camper unseen, get Mm -hmm. far enough away, and then hope that when the mutant gets out, it opens the door correctly (laughs) to go in the camper. They tie the mutant to a window so he can see inside the camper. So he sees them (laughs) climb out the fucking thing. Bro, there's no reason to go in the camper at this point. Walk around the side of the camper. Solved. I I started laughing immediately because... Uh, step number one was to crawl out the window and they're like, it's jammed. I'm like, you idiots didn't open it first. <laughs> but instead the mutant goes through the window and starts choking Brenda out. And that's when they managed to zip tie his arms around yeah, or bungee kind of tie his arms tie, to yeah. the, to the trailer. And then you're right. Then he had to not have noticed that they escaped the camper in midday so with it, nothing around. It is a desert. With him looking directly at them. It's like making eye them inside. And it's like, bro. So then he goes, eye contact as they're sneaking out the window. <laughs> then he turns around and goes and opens the door and boom, he's blown away, but not killed. And we're talking.
talking a hurt locker level explosion it's here. It's huge. Like, these these kids would have had internal damage from the size of this explosion. Yeah. Now we didn't mention that this particular mutant was eating the corpse of the mom. Oh, oh yeah. Yeah. Because oh, at some point, Brenda starts freaking out. I was like, they took mom. They took mom. Oh, that's right. Because they see the bodies are missing. That's how they, yeah. they're like, as they're running back to the camper, they're like, yeah. the bodies are gone. And this is where Bobby wastes a lot of ammunition. For no reason. He could have turned around, stopped, pointed, fired, and killed this guy without blowing up his camper. Had he used or his training. Climb into the camper, sit across from the door. When the door opens, blap, blap. Yeah. yeah. Kill Bill did that shit perfectly. Mm-hmm. Remember that? When she gets mm-hmm. shot in the chest with rock salt. At any point in time, he could have stopped and killed this person without blowing up their whole shit. But that wouldn't have been as good of a movie. That True. explosion was dope. He's not even dead, though. He's like, he, he flew across the screen and he's impaled on something. <laughs> And then he starts grabbing at somebody's boot, and then they Brenda comes over and just hacks him in the head. Or Brenda something. has to get her revenge for being assaulted. It's like that scene in Jason in Space. Like, you're going to have to do better than that. Oh, that'll do it. <laughs> <laughs> and so we cut back to Ruby running back with the baby. Um, I can't remember. I she think- runs into the dad. So the, she's running one way. The dad's running the other. Doug. Doug. And he has a shotgun. So he's like, you know, fucking put the baby down. And Ruby's like, no, I'm, I'm here to help. Yeah, through, through actions alone, no dialogue. Yeah. She like offers up the baby and he gets it like, okay, cool. Thank you. I appreciate this. But right before he grabs the baby, Lizard jumps off the top of the fucking canyon. Fucking Spider-Man just whap. <laughs> and, then, and then has his whip of spikes his uh it was the road spikes they used to pop the tires earlier now he's using it as a fucking whip he'd be doug would be so dead oh yes so so dead the he, three times he gets hit with this thing i was like slashed wide open yeah like right in the face one time we see yeah. it and we hear that's it like to this the bunk. bone that's yeah. to the bone those things are so heavy you, you'd be fucked up doug is running on sheer determination at no. this point okay determination nothing <laughs> doug would have been down for the count yes he would have i wrote doug is not well <laughs> <laughs> he's gone through a lot of shit oh that's true well doug manages to come back and he puts a couple shotgun rounds into lizard but this is a horror movie, and Lizard can't be dead yet. Mm-mm. We got one more thing to do. So after Doug takes the baby back from Ruby, we see Lizard. Take that baby back, baby back, baby back. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. Doug had just thrown a shotgun aside next to the dead body of Lizard, in quotes. I, I, I just, I, that happened, and I immediately was like, you fucking moron. You and that baby deserve to die. Yeah, like, and I know that's not fair to put that bait on the baby, but this baby's going to be raised by Doug, so it's also <laughs> going to be terrible. So... No, I, Doug, I just couldn't deal with it. Doug took the time to walk up to Lizard's body, kick it, and he had the gun trained. Just shoot him in the head. Yeah, what are you saving bullets for? The Especially coup de gras, yeah. to put it in French. Mm-hmm. Perfect. Lizard now has the shotgun. He's aiming at Doug and the baby. And From the edge of a cliff. Yeah. <laughs> and in a, in a moment of sheer sacrifice, Ruby goes and tackles Lizard off the face cliff. They fall to their death. I hated this. Yeah. My notes go, I'm team Ruby, not Ruby. <laughs> <laughs> I said, mine, mine says Ruby. Why? I was like, man, Doug, you should take Ruby home with you and raise her. Give her a better yeah, life. I thought I that's thought where this that's, was going. Because the thing is, fake Dick Miller at the beginning. I'm sorry, actor. I can't remember your name. Um, is all like, this is no place for a kid. And Ruby seems like the only one with a conscience who's not like bought into the full cannibal lifestyle. Yeah. And so I was like, oh, cool. Her with her fucked up past. Brenda with her now fucked up situation. Doug with it, uh, Bobby with his fucked up situation. And Doug, who now has basically learned to take control and basically own like, you know, being a, a leader slash man. Right. Like is now going to like help raise these all these fucked up kids. We're, That's an 80 sitcom we need right there. 
But um, well, this family that's been rent to pieces can put itself back together and here's make a, a new story <laughs> of a bunch of kids. And now we got a new family unit. Yeah. But that's not what the movie chooses. No, they kill poor it's Ruby. It's the family that you make, not the family that you just... <laughs> it's true. <laughs> I can't even say it with a straight face. <laughs> anyway, yes, I was very pissed off that Ruby sacrificed herself to knock Lizard off the edge. I was like, why, Ruby? Like, it's just not... It was not right. It was a weak choice in the movies, the writing. Yeah. I get it. You have to button it up. But at the same time, it's like, man. And Doug returns to the site of their bombed out camper. With Beast. With Beast. Yes, most importantly, Beast makes it. Mm-hmm. With Beast and Baby. Because we didn't talk about how Beast attacked um, Big Head in the chair. We did. Yeah. Oh, did we? Very briefly. Yeah, I, I just mentioned it. Because I mean, we don't really see it. We just hear it. Yeah. But, yeah. Oh, but it sounds gruesome. Well, it was right after he says, kill the baby over the walkie-talkie. I guess Beast knows English, and he's mm-hmm. like, not in my house. It gave me some green room flashbacks, because I just watched that movie recently. Yeah. And I was like, oh, God, dog attacks to the neck and shit. got to be, ugh. It's rough. So the question is, is how do they escape now? They blew up their camper. Their truck is ruined. And now it's just Brenda, Bobby, Beast, and Baby. They $6 million man that shit. And I, Doug. I assume they walked to the gas station and used the car that... That wasn't working? Uh, well, yeah. We don't know what happens because then we get goggle vision again. It zooms in on our remaining protagonist and cut. End yes. of movie. So there's still more mutants out there. What happens there. in two? I guess we'll find. It's completely unrelated to them. Oh, so they don't even, so we don't know. It's, it, I think it follows around a squad of army trainees. Oh, Why? Okay. What is it with fucking the army and horror movies? I don't know. Yes. The only thing I think of is maybe people think that like, oh, it's a squad. A, we're not going to feel as bad as stuff happens to them. A, it gives them ability to like, you know, function as like, you know, functional people to like fight. A situation like this also in our minds military expendable which is not great way to think but you know like in our minds if they get killed like okay big deal or it could also be that when we think military we think trained more uh, efficient and better at killing mm. maybe our antagonists are feeling a little too overpowered and one-sided we want to get somebody to kind of equalize yeah. that a little bit but if they're trainees i'm be- i've never seen this but here's my guess first person to die is their drill instructor or whatever the only competent one and of then course. they start going man we're just we weren't trained for this i only joined two weeks ago <laughs> <laughs> yeah let's just say that's probably what happens yeah. without watching almost certainly <laughs> well i would give this one a three star i enjoyed it i think the action the blood the gore the mutants the the, the special effects and makeup work all pretty pretty well done, in my opinion. Yes, there's a moment or two, like you said, the fingers look a little fake when they get chopped off. But oh, Speaking of fingers, when fucking Lizard is doing his thing to Brenda and he like holds his hand up and sniffs his fingers and goes, fresh. I was like, oh, it was so grody. Yeah. Ugh. I appreciate them not going light on the mutant behavior. I mean, I don't need to see so much of it, but like... You really got a feel for like, okay, yeah, these people need to go. Yeah, I feel like these people were bad people before they were mutants. They're just bad people who happen to be mutants. They're not bad because they're mutants. I think that even if they weren't mutants, they'd still react this way. They're just terrible humans. It would have been interesting if a little mutant was like on a porch with a banjo. I do need to make one amendment. So Hills Have Eyes 2 was written by Wes Craven and his son, but not directed. Oh, no. Directed by this guy? Martin Wise. He'd be wise to avoid the movie. (laughs) I gave it three stars. I think this one's worth checking out. 
I would say I'm going to put it at 2.5. Again, we're on a five-star rating, guys. Three stars is like a, a competently middle-of-the-road movie. Mm-hmm. And while I do think this movie is enjoyable, there's there's enough of an issue for it. Like, I, I wish I would watch it in a different movie at times. Um, I did enjoy it, though. I, I would recommend it. I just don't know if I'd give it a high rating. I rated this one two stars, and I stand by that. Uh, it was competent, but I, I would never watch, ever watch this movie again. But John, let me ask you a question. Do you feel it's because of the 2006 filmmaking aspect of it? Or do you feel, feel that it's actually like story I itself? think that there were two long periods of time where nothing moved the plot forward. And I think we were supposed to be feeling like oh, getting to know these characters and these families. So we feel bad when all these terrible events happen to them. But I just didn't like them. There should have been a few moments in those long 30 minute scenes where we're like family living where there's a breakthrough where, you know, the dad goes up and is like, you know what? I'm not thrilled that you married my daughter, but I at least appreciate that you're like right. taking care of my kid and you're financially set. Like there should have been something to basically like, even at the, the strife, there should have been something to endear us to the fact that this is still a tight family union. Even if it is kind of a little dysfunctional, there should be something there. Brenda should have basically gone up to Bobby and been like, I'm so sorry to hear about, you know, well, beauty or, you know, there, there, there was a moment. There was one moment, and it's as the mom is dying, she says, I know why Lynn likes you. You're such a nice guy. That's the acceptance you're looking for, but Bob died too soon. Again, it happens once we're losing all these characters. At this point, I have no connection to, like, them dying. I'm just like, well, that's a bummer for them. You know, like, again, I need to I need to care about this family unit before we or get to this point. Or space it with, like, more of just seeing the mutants day in the life, you know, or something that just, I don't, I found it boring. I found large parts of it. I was just bored. Or if Doug had been a little bit more, like, trying to, like, please the dad, been like, like, okay, yeah, show me how to shoot. And he's like, damn it, Doug, you're doing it all wrong. Here, let me show you, blah, blah, blah. I mean, even if it was, like, a contentious moment, show that this family unit is trying to bond and hold some kind of semblance of normalcy. Again, yeah, yes, that's my problem with it, too, is I just didn't care enough about the characters. Yeah, what I think the director might have been trying to do is go for... Make fun of Americans? Well, yeah. <laughs> oh, like, comparing the these in brief but super intense periods of, like, hyper-violence and hyper-gore, and then pff, dial it back. And so you have this sort of compare-and-contrast situation, but I just I don't think it worked. Also, it would have been interesting to do, um, and maybe this is in the second one, um, or maybe in the original, a little bit more comparison between the cannibalistic family and the uh, humans. Uh, Maybe have the same kind of dysfunction play out to where maybe Big Brain has a problem with Jupiter, you know, like, like, I I wish you weren't even part of this clan or, you know, like, don't deep dive into like, you know, their daily tasks, but like, have a little bit more of a uh, mirror effect between the two... um, Different sides of the same coin, almost. Family's family, no matter where you flip it. But I kind of now mm. I think about it, I kind of think I might like the original idea of they're not atomic radiated mutants; they're just people who choose to be assholes and terrible. Because like being mutants didn't really have any effect. I don't feel like on these people. I think I, they were they were evil before they were mutants. I stand by that. I think times got tough, and you have to adapt to the situation at hand. But yeah, yeah, but you don't have to become a cannibal. That seems unnecessary. If there was a little bit more of a revenge aspect of it, like they were doing it to get even for what happened to them, you know, a little bit more like like we're we're taking out our anger and frustration on these are the, the normal des- world. These are the descendants of people that lived out there. This is way too late in life for them to have been the people before the bomb and after the bomb. True. True. You know yeah. what I mean? They've grown up being feral. Yeah. 40s. And 50s. I like that atomic like kind of backdropping. I think it made it more interesting to me. I agree. So I, I, I don't think you should lose If they that. were just if they were just hill people, I would not have cared. 
I would have been so disinterested. I'd be like, okay, heal people. Yeah. That's more or less what Wes Craven was going for in his, is just showing how close to savagery we can be, um, even though we try to pretend to be civil. You know, you have to become savage to beat the savages at their own game kind of thing. I just don't buy that. <laughs> maybe, I've, I, I, maybe I still have too optimistic a view on human beings, but I don't believe we're all 35 seconds away from becoming cannibals. I just don't buy it. No, not 35 seconds. More like 42. Oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. A minute and a half <laughs> at most. And start your watches. We are on the clock, boys. All right. Well, anything- anyway, listeners, have you eaten human beings? Have you taken revenge for uh, atomic testing? Have you? Oh, wait. Mark, you probably want to take this. I'm going to no, get real no, dark with it. It's going good. Go ahead. <laughs> Continue. As always, thanks for listening to the episode. Thanks for listening to the Grave Talk podcast. We love the fact that you're out there. You know what? We haven't asked you to do this in a while, but if you're still with us here, Go ahead and give us a rate and a review on the iTunes, the Spotify's, the SoundClouds. I don't know, wherever we are. Mark, mm-hmm. yeah. you know we post these things. Those are all correct. Okay, mm-hmm. cool. But yeah, it doesn't, I mean, it helps out a lot. It also, you know, gets the word out there. You know, share the share the podcast with people. The more eyes we can get on the, the eyes. I guess this is a, an audio medium, so it'd be ears. Mm-hmm. But you can look at it, too. We do some great cover art for each episode. Um, if you haven't checked that out, go to thegravetalk.com. Anyway, thanks so much for listening. So the next episode is actually going to be, um, I guess, what? The uh, 1408, the John Cusack, Samuel Jackson flick. So that'll be our next movie. So 1408, be sure to get it watched. 